Welcome to Consultancy Insights, episode number three, with me, Ed Pennell. And me, Phil Mowat. So Phil, leveraging your background for success is a, a challenge I think a lot of consultants find in the marketplace. They, they offer everything to everybody and see if something sticks, but it's not really a long-term strategy. So what are your thoughts about how you can actually use your background to actually create a business that works? Yeah, great question, Ed. Um, I think it's, yeah, business consultancy, that's a massive, massive theme, massive topic, isn't it? It's really generic, actually, isn't it? <laughs> a consultant is just, what does that actually even mean yeah. to, to, a, to a client? Why would they say, ah, I need a consultant? They don't. They have a problem and they think, how am I going to solve this? They need that solution. So, yeah, of course. I think any any consultant in the market needs to differentiate themselves from other people. Um you need to know what your USP, your unique selling proposition or your niche is um, and ensure that everything that you're conveying in your messages and your communication is, is based on what you do. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because if you've had a background that is very varied, you've gone across different sectors and industries, how do you kind of tap into that really? How do you find what your core offering is going to be that's going to be attractive to your to your clients? Well, I think you need to wear many hats, don't you? And, and if you're a consultant in this and a consultant in that and a consultant in this as well, then that so be it. But you, you do need three different messages. Yeah, so how do we get that message? I want to eke that out of you a little bit and try and find out what your thoughts are on how do you actually drill down and go, this is where I'm going to hang my hat. This is the, the solution that I'm going to offer to a client. Yeah, well, I think my starting point would always be where's my biggest strengths and what do I most enjoy doing? So what's the point of doing something if you don't enjoy it? So um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in being passionate about what you do and then becoming an expert in, in, in what you like doing as well. Um, so I would start with that. I would say, look, what do I love doing and are there options and are there is there a demand from the market in order for me to fill fill that demand i think i think that's um that's okay but when you just do something that you enjoy doing you know it may be going to the pub or it may be you know spending time with friends it's not that easy to build a business off of something like that so i actually think um you also have to combine that with what am i good at and Mm. so i would suggest that maybe talking to colleagues to friends and finding out what they think your core strengths are, what your skills are, and, and what you may be able to offer other people, I think is is really an important point to combine with what you're going to enjoy doing in the long run. Mm. But you're right, you know, enjoying it day in, day out, making yourself want to get up in the morning to do work, you, you're going to be more successful in the long run because you're going to work harder at doing it, aren't you? Mm. It's a great point. People, um, people know sometimes know you better than you know yourself and they might be able to go well actually you're really good at this but you're not quite good at that so it just brings it home a little bit doesn't it so it allows you to understand yourself a little bit better yeah it's true but i guess the next point then really is you know does the client want that <laughs> right so you have to go through and do this this whole market research element and, and trying to work out are there clients out there for my service whatever that is whatever I'm good at doing and enjoy doing so have you got any thoughts about where you can go to to do that market research well I think it's just being being becoming part of that industry or that sector so there would be whether it's physical networking meetings or events or conferences that you could attend or whether there's online events or um, LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups 
and you just become part of an industry. I think everyone says their industry is very incestuous. Everyone knows everyone, but it's the same for every industry out there, I believe. Um, and once you become known and once you know other people, you see where all the, the bits of the puzzle start fitting together. You're, you're right about be- when you become known, it, it all fits together. But I think sometimes what people miss is how to become known. So from from my point of view, I think if you're in those groups, you have to interact. You have to start to build trust within that network that you know what you're talking about and make sure that the topic that you're you're discussing comes from a place of knowledge. So again, I think those groups that you join in LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever it may be, they have to tie into already, you know, what what is your your background, what are you good at doing. So But if you're coming to those groups having looked at your strengths, looked at your background, if that is your strength, then you should have confidence in yourself and you should be already in a position where you are good at what you do and therefore you can add value to groups or conversations. And yes, there's an element of needing to speak up and be a bit yeah, I'm going to do it because I really need to do it. But um, yeah, I think it's really important that you're authentic. We've mentioned it before on shows one and two, I think. Being authentic is is so important. Yes, some people may not like you or understand you, but then there'll be another group of people that really like you and really trust you. So work with the people that are, good, are willing to work with you. Yeah, it's a good point. But there's something else I wanted to touch on with social media because I think it's it's forgotten sometimes. So the people that you're connected with already... They kind of know you. They trust you a little bit. Maybe depends on how you've built out your. your You'd hope so. It depends on how you, you've built out your network, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good breeding ground to test out some of your ideas and theories and what you could turn into a business. And mm. the thing I love about social media is your post is there, but it's probably going to be forgotten about tomorrow because there's always something else coming through. So mm. even if you put something out there into a group that's not quite right. It's not going to have a long-lasting damage to your career or reputation, as long as it's not too crazy anyway. But <laughs> I think it's a good place to, to, to really see if there's a desire for your the service you're thinking about providing. Mm. If people are coming back to you and asking questions on the topic you bring up, guess mm. what, they're, they're probably going to be interested yeah. in, in your services. But there's definitely a need to make yourself different, isn't there? People don't want to see, oh, that's just another ex-consultant for example it's someone else doing exactly the same as that other person you've got to think creatively and think about how you can make yourself stand out a little bit yeah so you found out what your strengths are you you, you've got something a little bit unique what what are the next steps in terms of identifying who your customers could be i think again linkedin's a really powerful tool you know you can put in searches of uh, a construction company or mechanical engineer or whatever it is manufacturing business and it can bring up a list of people uh, that have come from that background and the likelihood is they're going to you're going to be able to find the companies that they're working for and therefore you can start to build out your your list Mm. now from my my opinion i think you should have at least 90 to 150 clients on that that list which you would consider your your core target it doesn't mean you, you only speak to that number of businesses, but I think it's a, a good starting place to actually focus your activities. Mm. The next thing to do is start reading articles around their industries, around their businesses, so that you can actually know what challenges are likely to be experienced by them and their companies. And maybe you can connect to some of these people and just actually talk to them and find out what those challenges are. Once you've Once you've built that, that uh, portfolio of information you can start to work out 
who within those organizations are going to be your key points of contact. So is it the CEO or is he not going to care, going to be too busy and you should go after maybe the procurement manager or a department head or whoever it may be that you're providing services to. So I think identifying your your target audience and who they are is really important, but also what are their, their problems, what are their challenges and once you start to get that information, you can then market or, or sell your services more effectively to them by touching on those pain points. And it's so easy on LinkedIn nowadays, isn't it? Because you don't even need to be connected to them, but you can still comment on something they've published and, and sort of get into their world without them knowing that you're trying to get into their world. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 it's true. But also online, um, you know, the there's... It's easier to network somewhere up in Scotland from down in Kent where I am. You know, it's you, you can do it online because everyone's more comfortable in that. Well, more comfortable. They're now comfortable in that environment or so slightly more comfortable in that environment. So mm. actually LinkedIn, but also any form of social media or any form of online events that you can find can be a really good way to start tapping into that market. Mm. I'd just say, though, a word of warning. We've all had it, haven't we? The... the connection request on LinkedIn, quickly followed up by the, would you like to buy my services? And we all want to get away from that 100%, don't we? We want we want to be authentic, real people. And you wouldn't go up to someone in the street and knock them on the shoulder and say, hey, can I be your friend? Oh, and by the way, do you want to buy what I sell? It's just, it's just not the way it should be done. So No, that's it. Just start the conversation about a topic within the industry. Maybe it's something that is related uh, to your background or, or something you have in common you know, whatever it may be. So really important point there you made. Um, but moving on to kind of your, your sales proposition or your, your, you know, how you approach the market when you eventually do have your target audience, you know what you're going to provide. I think the next step really is to identify what your, your strap line is or, or actually what you can provide. And uh, the way that I think it makes it most clear is by saying I provide X, to Y, which is obviously your target audience, allowing them to do Z. And I think this is the next part that I want to talk about with you is what what what's kind of the why you do that business. And I think that's a, an important thing people need to understand why they're doing it and what does it allow your clients to, to achieve. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, the client is paying you because they want a result. They want the Z. In what their world, it's all about the Z. For you... You're providing that service, I, I agree, Simon Sinek's Start With Why is so powerful and it's so important that as companies, as, as employees, as consultants, we all know why we're doing what we're doing and why we why we do it and why it makes a difference. So I think that's really important. But ultimately, the client is going to be paying you, you need to know what their end result needs to be. And if you can make that happen, then hopefully you can get the job. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody within their business... Uh, is sitting there thinking, oh my God, if only I had a consultant <laughs> to do this for me. They're, 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 they've got a problem that they don't know how to overcome. And it, I guess it's down to the, the consultants to educate uh, you know, the, the, the department head or wherever it may be mm. how they solve that problem. But first of all, they need to show them why they need to use them. Mm. That's, that's kind of it. It's, it's a bit like the story of walking into a DIY shop. We don't buy a drill because we want to buy a drill. We buy a drill because we want the hole in the wall. The hole in the wall is the Z. It's the same as businesses wanting that end result. 
Hi, and welcome to Arndt's top tips on how to start a consulting business. My name is Arndt Halbach, and today I'll be talking about how to leverage your background for success. Now, my top three tips for leveraging your background for success. The number one, brand yourself. And when I say that, it feels like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I already got my social media profiles. I've taken a new picture, maybe with a professional photographer. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about understanding the core brand promise, you know, in your personal brand and what it is that you, you will stand for as an entrepreneur, as a consultant. So I think you need to go a bit deeper there to then come out, not just with a pretty website or a nice LinkedIn profile, actually something that is meaningful and is easy to understand for the client. So branding yourself, top tip number two, you need to become a ruthless self-promoter. And I know for some of you that have been in, in an employed role and maybe you've always tried to be politically correct in how you positioned yourself between different departments and stakeholders and what have you, you know, this entering this world of sales and marketing, uh, you know, there is now there's no more reason to be timid. And, you know, you need to present yourself uh, in the best possible light, right? So it's like, you know, picking a, a really bold title or strap line for your LinkedIn profile rather than just saying consultant. Um, I think is, is, is the kind of thing I'm talking about. So something that actually catches the eye and you know, otherwise people won't even you know, you know, remember uh, seeing, you, seeing you somewhere. So, and I think that's important, especially when you have minimal experience at the beginning. Just you know, don't worry about it. Just promote the success that you have created for yourself and go, go all in on that, that self-promotion piece. And the last one, of course, you know, leveraging your network in terms of, yes, you have to actually use your friends, family, ex-colleagues, all of those connections that you've built over the years. Yes, pick up the phone, tell them what you're doing now, you know, you know, tell them that you would love their help. And if they know someone, it's something that you need to do. So, you, you know, leveraging the network actually comes from picking up the phone, speaking with them, you know, meeting them again and, and activating that, that network that you've built over the years. And uh, sounds very easy, but I see a lot of people that actually, you know, half a year, a year into the business, they still haven't really picked up the phone and met some of those ex-colleagues ex or ex-clients. And that's the first thing I would encourage you to do in the first couple of weeks is actually talk to everyone about your new business and see what comes out of that. So we're now going to move on to Ed's uh, interview with Dr. Bob Nelson. Bob Nelson is the world's leading authority on employee recognition, motivation and engagement. He is a president of Nelson Motivation Inc., a management training and consultancy company specialising in helping organisations improve management practices, programmes and systems. Dr. Bob is a much sought after keynote speaker consultant and executive coach. Over to you, Ed. So, welcome, Dr. Bob Nelson. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your time with us today. Um, I wanted to start really by saying, uh, if I gave you 15 seconds, how would you describe yourself? Because I know you're back, you've got a long, illustrious background, but uh, in 15 seconds, can you cram it in? Yeah, sure. I'm a, I'm a worldwide advocate for employee recognition and engagement. So uh, helping uh, treat employees better so they do a better job and are more likely to stay and come work for you. Excellent. Fantastic. And so um, you, 
we've come to you because obviously you've written the book uh, Consulting for Dummies, um, uh, which is quite an interesting book to, to have a look through. I haven't read it completely just yet, but um, I was wondering what's the inspiration behind the book? I've done a lot of books and they all start with the idea and where you, you feel you have um, something of value that others could appreciate. And in the case of this book, I'd already done a book called Managing for Dummies. And just, it's my observation that there's a lot of people in the workplace that if given a choice would rather, you know, be their own boss and to work on their own and not be working for someone else, especially if they've been working for a company or have a career and have you know, 15, 20 years in, in a profession working for others, then it's quite likely that they can out on their own with that skill set and be of service to others for their own benefit. Yeah, sure. So I believe that I've done it all for my own career and um, I enjoy helping people on, on the journey of life. So it's, it's quite a scary thing, actually, isn't it? Taking that leap from from being a manager in a secure employed, employed position to, to going out on your own. So uh, for you, what, what, what was the, yes. the key motivator what, for that? And, and how did you overcome some, that, that fear? Some type of expertise. It could be on, you know, appraising real estate, or it could be on, uh, you know, plumbing. Um, and it's the ability to say, can I, can I help others with this beyond doing now working just for one person and, and the business from that. So you, so you have a, a steady steady paycheck but you might be able to reach more people and actually make more money if you do it on your own and for my for my um uh purposes part of why i and i worked for several corporations and i worked for one company for 10 years i decided early in my career that i i would uh, uh, be best to work on my work on my own and that's why i've done the bulk of my career uh it's a great a great advantage by the way i've i've made um um more much more money than i could have made in any single job i have no one no one tells me that that's enough you you should be happy with what you made no more for you you know i uh, my my wife my wife says if i ever if i ever feel a need for money i simply sit down and start typing or i pick up the phone and start calling and <laughs> And, and either either of those will generate the income for me. Your your background then, how, how has that helped you to, or what skills did you pick up along the way that helped you to become successful? Because uh, as I said, yeah, and being, being independent, I mean, because I think uh, for a lot of people, there, there can be a thought in their mind of, um, what if I'm not good enough? Um, what if what I'm offering isn't wanted out there? So it'd be interesting to hear in, in your background, what skills you've actually utilized to make yourself successful as an independent it doesn't have to be a you know it doesn't have to be a jumping off the cliff type thing it's not an all or nothing you can ease into it you know so you can have um you know like my, my son plays classical guitar but that's, that's the hard job to get and there's a lot of competition for it so he basically said well what else could i do to earn a living and he uh started offering teaching uh classical guitar online and and then after a little bit he's got a dozen uh, um, um, students around the globe sky lessons on guitar you know guitar is a is a skill you need coaching you need feedback you can't just get a 
a book and practice on your own, you don't, you don't know you made a mistake. So, you know, you practice and then someone listens to you and said, no, do, there, don't do that, do that. Oh, okay, I got it now. And then they're, they're a little bit better. So, uh, he, and he's been doing, he's been doing that for, you know, 10 years. He still ha he has, he's got, uh, he's got, um, teaches people in Ireland and Middle East and Asia and that they, somehow they found him and he, he's very, he's a good guitarist. He's won cha championships. He, he, he couldn't find a traditional job doing that, but uh, he's, he found a non-traditional way to make, make money in that regard. You know, I have, I have a good friend. <laughs> so you pick any, any area, I can give you an example. I've got a good friend, um, Marshall Goldsmith is his name, and he's actually ranked as the world's number one executive coach. So get this, so, so he's, 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 he's got his expertise on coaching. He's perfectly happy with that. And uh, he had this, um, this company president contact him. And this is, this is, he's got this written up in one of his books and he's very open about it all. And this, this president contacted him and said, hey, do you ever work with individuals? And, and helping them, um, you know, be, be better. And, 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 uh, and he goes, no, I really don't. I do, I do presentations. And, and this, this, the president goes, ah, darn. Ah, that's too bad because uh, he said, uh, I've got this guy. He, would, he could be our next president. Uh, but he's got some rough edges and he's not going to get that job and i'm trying to figure out a way to to help him and i and the guy just offhand kind of goes because i pay i'd pay anything for a way to to figure this out and so my so marshall goes now here at that <laughs> goes, yeah anything anything well let me give it a try what the, what the heck <laughs> and and he did and he and and the guy you know and this is very common he actually ended up doing a book about it called what got you here won't get you there, which has sold, you know, millions of copies, by the way. So there's another, another uh, avenue. But um, what he found is that people that are successful, uh, they, they get to a point where they plateau in their success because they are doing something that blocks their success. You know, they undermine their effectiveness or they, for in, in the part of uh, him coaching executives, often there'd be an executive and they've got uh, you know, a strong ego and so strong that they have to have the last word in every conversation, in every meeting. And it ends up grading others around them and they, they drive people away from them. And so unless, unless someone gives them that feedback and helps them break that habit, that's, they're going as far as they're going to in, in their career. And he yeah. does that and, 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 and so he, and then he, then he, he is kind of cool because like when he was growing up as a, as a part-time job when he was a kid, he worked with um, a friend of his dad's painting houses. And, the, and the, that, that person had a philosophy that, that uh, you know, the started projects, would, would I give you a deposit? No, no, you don't pay me anything until you're perfectly satisfied with the work that was done. Said, oh, okay, that's great. And so you do it and, and then they inspect it and anything, everything okay? You want me to fix anything? No, this is great. Exactly what we wanted. There's kind of uh, t two different things that you've, you've, you've covered there more. There's been plenty, but two things that stuck out in my mind. So your son with the, the guitar learning, that was a, a passion that he's turned into um, a business, you know, steady, steadily and slowly. Uh, the second thing that I found interesting there was the, the, the CEO trainer or the CEO coach. Uh, it's just what he was good at, <laughs> and people have just taken him up on on that. And but and by saying yes and having an act action um, or, or taking action, that's that's helped him take a big step forwards in in his career. So yeah, well, I I, I mean even I mean starter for all this is that you know 
do do something you're passionate about, do something that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, that's uh, yeah. I don't know if it's Mark Twain or someone said that that uh, you know do something you love and you'll never have to work. You're you're gonna just love what you're doing all the time. And and uh, yeah, I, I can give you uh, any number of examples from from my own life. I have so I do books, for example. Okay, and yeah. I just did, and I, I get a I get the luxury of, of uh, picking, and it's fun. It's fun. Writing books is hard, but it's kind of fun saying, well, what, I, what could I write about? And then, and then having an idea and then make it, bring it into fruition and then having it be successful. So I did a book. So I've done like 30 books. Here's, here's uh, one that I'm uh, known for a thousand one ways to reward employees. So I had the idea for this book in a graduate school class. And I was, I, I was on, um, working on my um, my MBA, and and I I was taking a class on control systems, a business class, you know. I could, and my professor was talking about reinforcement theory, and he made an offhand comment. He says, "As proven as this principle is, you get what you reward. What you reinforce, you get repeated in any in any relation in any human endeavor." He says there really hasn't been much application of that in business. And I said to myself, well, I'm going to do something about that. <laughs> so, so I you know, drove home after class and I wrote out a letter to a publisher. I got the idea for this book and I, I was thinking, how could I, how could I apply? What, what would be a good idea? Well, let me take this common sense notion that's enor enormously powerful that no one's doing <laughs> and show them what it looks like in practice, not with theory and research, but with real life examples. And so that was my my vision for this book. My and and this is the result. This is a book of, it's got a um, hundred, a thousand one ways to reward employees. These are all real life examples of ways to thank other people for a job they did well. I've got it's it's got it's got twenty eight categories. I've got examples from around the world. Uh, they're all true. You can open this book anywhere and have an idea that you can apply right now. And I said, that's not really what I want to do, though. I goes, well, what do you really want to do? And I looked at him and said, be a best-selling author. I saw this little twinkle in his eye, deal closed. This book came out in, in, uh, initially in, in uh, 1994. It's down at 64th printing. It has sold 2 million copies. Yeah, it's impressive, that, isn't it? The number of business For books that have sold a million copies, you can count on this many hands. So it's like, I did, and every one of them has a different story, by the way, that's this story. So, and then once you do that, it's pretty easy to get another book deal. Uh, but let me, let me give you just an example. Take that, so I've done 30 books. And then my latest one is, again, another silly fun idea called Work Made Fun Gets Done. If you can yep. make your own job fun, whatever it is, however rote or routine or or drudgery it is, if you can find a way to make it fun, or if you can, as a manager, help someone make their work fun, it's going to be easier to do. They have more fun doing it, and they're going to move, be ready for the next thing. What would you? What advice, or what one piece of advice would you offer to somebody who is thinking, "Look, I want to go out there and do something on my own," but they haven't got the idea? I mean, what would you suggest for them to do to 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 find that idea or or to get started? You know. It's a combination between what you like doing and what you're good at. And that a lot of people actually don't have answers to that. And, and I'd say, listen to the people around you because they'll tell you 
you know, if people give you a compliment, oh, you're so organized, or oh, you're so good with people, or oh, you, you're a mechanical genius, you can fix anything, you know, it's like, it's like, instead of saying, oh yeah, thanks, you go, well, they're giving you a message. They're yeah. giving you a message that maybe, maybe that's a marketable skill that your, your ability to uh, fix appliances, you know, you know, all of a sudden, I got, I got a next door neighbor, he, he, growing up, he, he had a knack for fixing stuff. He, he fixed all, all the appliances, the TVs and in his neighborhood for everyone, because, you know, people would say, yeah, yeah, Ken fixed it for us. And then you get a call. He, he was a kid, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, well, he probably did it for, for free or cookies or something, but, but uh, he, he did have a knack. And, and now he, he just as a hobby, he, he's, he runs a software company, but as a hobby, he'll buy <laughs> because he's good at it and he likes doing it. He'll buy laser printers. These are machines that are built in the programming to, to etch in, in glass or wood or stuff. And, and it's, you know, it's a 15 year old machine. It's all broken and you know, it's, it's a piece of junk. He'll buy it for 500 bucks and spend, uh, spend six months. He'll uh, put a new laser in it. He'll read, read the programming. I'm wondering, do you think it's actually achievable for people to, let's say, have one career that seems quite one dimensional, but then pivot to do something completely different. And, and I'm thinking of uh, maybe, maybe the salespeople, they've got transferable skills, but is it achievable for, for, for everybody to pivot into a different industry or to a different career in, in your opinion? I do believe it. So I just gave you an example of my son doing that, moving yeah. from music to computers, uh, programming uh, successfully. But I think, I think it's a matter of, again, so you have things you're good at, if you also along the way find things that you enjoy more, if you move towards those things that you enjoy, then uh, you're going to get better at those things because you're going to you're going to spend more time with them and you're going to um, get creative. And I don't know. I I just think that um, yes, I, I believe very strongly that people have the have the power to to move in directions of their life that uh, where they have more more fulfillment. So I've done, I've actually done two books for, for employees with this, this, the same thing we're talking about. One's called, please don't just do what I tell you to do, do what needs to be done. And it's like an open plea to employees because in my, in my viewpoint, you know, half the working population is their life is passing by, by them. You know, they're, they're being paid and their money, they pay their bills and now they, they keep at it, they're on a, a treadmill. Yeah, and they, they kind of hate it, but then you know, I'm not sure what to do about it. But and and the other half are making stuff happen. So my 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 whole appeal on the on the book is to say, look, take your current circumstances, I don't care what they are, and instead of dreaming about what you might do ten years from now, use your current job as a stepping stone to get to the it's, next it's, step. It's interesting, isn't it, how you can take something from in your your background and uh, and implement that into something that you're doing now or something for the future and. It's, well, not only can you, but you should do that. So yeah. I, I constantly, I'm looking to weave my life um, as a as a function of everything I've done in the past to bring that to bear now, going to the future. So I'm still, you know, I'm a, and I think we're all salespeople. I'm I'm a salesperson. I I uh, you know I in in college one summer a friend invited me to he's doing a he did a, a summer job selling selling dictionaries door to door. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go sell dictionaries door to door. It was like <laughs> out of out of six thousand student salespeople, I was ranked in the top ten. 
<laughs> and and people said, you could do this for a living. Yeah, yeah, I could, you know, and, and actually I do. I sell every day. I'm constantly selling. But but um, in that job, in selling, you know, I listened to them. They had the training. And this company had been doing this door-to-door sales for 120 years. So I figured, one, they, they probably know what they're doing. They, they know what they're talking about. So I'm just going to do what they say to do. And I'll probably, they'll probably work out because they know what works. So I just did what they said to do, which was a wide range of things on how you structure your day. And, and so it was like, one of them was <laughs> you get up at 5.30 every day and you take a cold shower, wake up. I, I didn't have a shower in the, the little hovel that I was renting. So I took a cold bath at 5.30 every day, free. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you make your first sales pitch at 7.59, not 8 o'clock. Because if it's 8 o'clock, then it's going to be 8.15, then it's going to be 9, and then it's going to be well after lunch, and you're never going to start. So at 7.59 every day, I made my first sales call. That, that meant if I was in a diner with breakfast, at oh, 7.59, oh my gosh, I would turn to the person next to me, no matter who they were, and would start talking about what I did and how I sold. And, you know, you should look at this for, you have kids, you know? <laughs> and off I'd go I, I so I, or, or I'd be I remember like I'd have a bike I'd ride out to my territory I remember one time I hit a pothole wiped out 759 oh my gosh <laughs> work time went to race to the nearest house made a sales call so there's my conversation with Dr. Bob Nelson it was a, a, a conversation full of stories I love listening to him uh, and he raised a few good points but what were your your key takeaways from our conversation? Yeah, I really enjoyed that too, Ed. I think um, just being passionate and being an expert and finding out what your expertise is and really pushing through with it. I loved his comment about if he needs some money, he just picks up the phone or he starts typing on his typewriter again. It's having that confidence in yourself that you know what you're doing, you've got a good background and you've got that expertise and just go for it. Just like Nike say, just do it, just get on with it. <laughs> One of my favourite favorite, um, taglines for any business, actually, just do it. Uh, really good mantra to live, by, live your life by. But um, with Dr. Bob, one of the favorite thing, my favourite things that he said during our conversation was, do what's fun and it gets done. You know, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, finding something that you enjoy doing and um, you know, you're going to be much more successful because you'll want to get up every morning and do it yourself. So, so Dr. Bob, he talked about a few books there, didn't he? Marshall Goldsmith's What Got You Here Won't Get You There. I love that book. It's a, it's a, it's a really good book to read as an up-and-coming business owner or as, as a new consultant. Um, yes, it's important to look back at your history, but actually you do need to push on and really push yourself to get to where you want to be in the future. Um, he's obviously got his book as well, Dummies. Uh, the Consulting for Dummies. Consulting for Dummies, yeah. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer in, in really reading and learning a lot as we go. So my advice to anyone out there really to, to read a book a month or a book a quarter and really try to educate yourself and, and learn from other people as much as possible. Yeah, and I think I'm going to say it again, but social media is a great place to do that as well. Follow people that you aspire to be, see what they've done in their backgrounds and how they've leveraged it to make a business for themselves. Mm. What are they doing that's successful? And what markets are they going after? If it fits in with what you're trying to do, it's a really good resource to to tap into. So 
that was our conversation around leveraging your background for success. Hopefully you found it useful and um, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to myself or Phil, you can find us on LinkedIn. Alternatively, you can subscribe for our newsletter where you can get access to future shows, exclusive content, guidebooks and webinars.